playing for the Kemp's Corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of the Cubs Corner podcast. Once again, brought to you by our good friends at Coach's Bar and Grill on the north side of Chicago at 6169 North Northwest Highway. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. I'd like to welcome a friend of mine, Joey Ricotta. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man. And obviously, we got to start with the biggest news of the offseason, and it's really just been taking over the world. Um, started yesterday with the uh, NBA being notified that one of their players contracted coronavirus. They suspended their season. The NCAA canceled March Madness, and the MLB released a statement today saying that they are going to cancel all spring training games and postpone the start of the season at least two weeks. So, Joey, lead us off. What's your take on that? Um, I think it's good just because um, – what we were talking before we hopped on here, and I, I think it's good just because people don't seem to be smart enough to stay home when they're sick. So obviously, it's the best way to be preventative about about the whole situation. And you know, we we want to obviously they're trying to figure out how to put an end to this, and with the big gatherings and stuff like that, it, it makes sense, if, especially if NBA and college basketball and you know, NHL is putting a stop to everything. I mean, why not follow suit with baseball? Because, you know, everything else is going to be put behind, and then you're going to be starting, and everything's going to be going at once, and all those other sports could potentially be pushed back, and then they're still going to play, and they're cutting into your season, and you just want everybody to get healthy, too. That's the main thing. I, I don't... Uh, I'm not, I was skeptical at first about this entire, you know, coronavirus and stuff, and I didn't really think that it was that big of a deal, and now I'm seeing that there's so many cases that just keep popping up and how quickly it's been spreading that I'm okay with it. It just sucks for us because we have to, you know, sit here with without sports for a while, so... Yeah, definitely uh, got to channel the time into something else. I don't know where I'm going to be putting my time yet, but... You know, opening day has been a surrounding topic in the Cubs spring training camp. And the question of who's going to get the ball opening day from David Ross. A lot of people thought John Lester, but he said the other day that it's not going to be Big John. It's going to be between Kyle Hendricks and you, Darvish. And before we get into who you would take in that, I got to ask you, when do you think opening day is going to be? Well, we know they put off spring training and uh, the opening day for, what, two weeks at least now? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. That's such a weird, it's such a hard thing to say right now because it just looks like it. they're, they're going to keep analyzing this as it goes. And, you know, they're going to keep um, assessing it and looking at it like, you know, what should we do next? What should we do next? And how is it kind of developing? So I... I I would say probably a month after opening day was originally supposed to start. That's what I'm... But I I talked to Beth, who's with the Scorecrow. She's, um, you know, she's our our doctor. She she does great work. She she knows a lot about this, and she was saying that she thinks it's going to be, you know, six to eight weeks before everything 
back up and going strong as far as, you know, even sports and gatherings and things like that. So if you look at it like that, then I'm probably way off. So Yeah, I just want to preface, neither of us are doctors, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I, I really couldn't tell you what the exact time is, but I think it could even be longer than what I think. Yeah, and the thing that's challenging, especially with baseball, is the way pitchers need to stretch their arms out and the way batters need to fall into their routine. And if you postpone spring training, they can't do that right now. And it'd be unfair of the MLB to just be like, okay, it's April 18th, we're going to play now. Like, you got to give these times these players a chance to re-ramp up, and, and that just might delay it even more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, these guys aren't robots, and it, it takes some time to get into a groove, and I think that's why, especially with baseball, it's a, it's a little bit, I mean, it's a routine game, you know, because they're playing every day, or, you know, for the most part, every day throughout the season, and, you know, like you said, you got to revent, you got to get your arms ready to go, you have to be in playing condition, and the pitching is really the most important part of that. Um, and, and if they're not ready to go, like there's a reason why they report so early for spring training and do so much off-season work. So I could see this even being pushed back farther than than um, you know once they start resuming activities. They might even push it back a little bit further than than. Um, you know, say the time from now until opening day, they, they might give it a little bit extra time because they know that. Yeah, it, it's definitely unknown from us, especially on our end here. But let's put the uh, coronavirus talk to the side and get right into opening day starters. We don't know when opening day is going to be, but whenever it is, who do you think is going to get the ball and why? Um, Deservingly... For who's most deserving, I would say Hendricks because he's been the Cubs staple for what seems like years now. I mean, he's been he's been the most consistent guy other than Lester, except for, you know, he took a step back last year and has shown signs of taking steps back previously. Um, but I really think that Darvish is going to get the opening day start because of what he showed last last season, especially in the second half. I mean, the guy was just dominant. Uh, 2.76 ERA, 0.81 whip, 199 batting average against, 37.8% K rate and 2.2% walk rate in, you know, in the second half. So I think those kind of numbers, and, and Hendricks, he's still going to put up your, your typical 3.4 to 3.6 ERA and you know, he suppresses a lot of hard contact. He's he's terrific. He doesn't give up many home runs. He's less than a homer per nine rate. Um, but I, I just think that Darvish, especially for his confidence, I mean, that's going to be so huge. If he hears I'm the opening day starter, especially after this whole Houston Astros scandal thing, and um, I think that kind of that gave him even more confidence, and I believe that he's really going to have a good season this year. Even though, like, I, I saw reports just recently, maybe it was his last outing, they didn't get to see it, but he didn't really feel like himself all the way as far as, you know, control and stuff. But, you know, it's so early, and that, that happens. Otherwise, everybody, all the reports are that he's been 
really looking great and feeling great. And I mean, he's trolling all these fans on Twitter. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think it's probably just one of those days where you just don't feel like you have it. And, and that's going to happen throughout the season, too. He's not going to not gonna throw 180-plus innings and dominate every single start. The second half is kind of unsustainable. But if he can, you know, avoid the whatever it was in the first half, like a five ERA or, you know, something to that degree, which I don't see that happening again, I think he's definitely the ace of the staff because of what he's capable of. So I would start Darvish. I mean, I think he is going to get the opening day start. Otherwise, or, I mean, Hendricks is definitely the most deserving as far as, you know, when you look at the Cubs and what he has done in the past for him. Like, those, it's 1A and 1B, really. But Darvish, I think, will get the opening to start. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point with Darvish's confidence as well. That's something I, I hadn't really thought about. But I, I personally think it's time you reward Kyle Hendricks. You know, he's been doing it under the radar for the past five, six seasons. He won an ERA title. He started Game 7 of the World Series, all this stuff that we know. But he's always done it behind Lester and behind Arietta and, and last season behind Cole Hamels. And I think it's time, you know, he's been consistent and he does it quietly, but he does it just as well as anybody in the league. So I think maybe it's time to give Kyle Hendricks the shot. Yeah, I have no problems with that at all because I think just like you said, it's 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 very rewarding, and it just shows that he's been that guy that they can lean on for to last so many years. I mean, he is he is the most deserving to get that opening day spot. That's for sure. So if we're if we're looking at it from who we think is going to be the best pitcher this year for them, I think Darvish is the guy who I think will be the best pitcher for them this year. So that's why I'm saying opening day start, but. I can't argue against Hendricks. I love Hendricks. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I think if you had to pick somebody that is going to anchor this staff and really be the ace, I think you'd have to put the chips in on Darvish. But, you know, opening day, sometimes they do it by track record. Sometimes they try to reward a veteran, whatever it may be. In that case, I think um, Hendricks would be deserving. Yeah, definitely. And moving right along, Another spot in the rotation that has yet to be solved is the fifth starter spot. It's been a heavy topic of conversation all off season long. And, you know, this is something me and Joey talked about in, through Twitter a couple weeks ago. The battle seems to be between Tyler Chatwood, Alec Mills, and Adbert Alsley with Colin Rea also slipping into the mix. But it seems like where we are now, it's a two-man race between Chatwood and Mills, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, Alzali and Rhea, I believe, were optioned to AAA now, so we can safely say that they're out of the mix, and they were really outside shots of, you know, being in the mix anyways, but obviously the most intriguing guy was was Alzali, because we love his stuff, and we really want to see him pitch at the big league level, but he just doesn't seem ready yet, and... Yeah, between Chatwood and Mills, it's definitely come down to them with, you know, Ross continuing to say that he, that um, Chatwood is in the lead for the fifth starter spot. And both guys have really looked terrific this spring. I mean, and Chatwood, you know, in the second half of the season, 
he really picked it up a little bit. I mean, he had a, a big spike in K-rate, and, you know, he, he really, he's, he's cut down the walks quite a bit. Um, I like what I saw from Mills last year, too, and it is short, short, uh, he didn't make many appearances, but when he was in there, he pitched pretty well. Um, but Chatwood was kind of used as that, that swing man making spot starts and then being in the pen. So some of the numbers can get a little bit skewed as far as, like, you know, K-rate and stuff like that. But the main thing was him cutting down the walks because that's what he really struggled with when he was um, in his first year with the Cubs in the, in the starting rotation. But, um, I mean, they're both pitching so terrific that, it solidifies a spot for even Alec Mills on the opening day roster. And I think he'll probably be in the bullpen um, to start, and then they'll give it to Chadwood because the contract is just too much for the Cubs to ignore in this situation when it comes to Chatwood. I think they have to kind of give him a, a shot here in, in the rotation and, I think, honestly, I think he's going to capitalize on it because he's even been throwing his change up a little bit more and it's been looking really nasty. So if he can kind of mix those pitches together a little bit and he's throwing upper 90s, um, he really does have a lot of potential and I see what they saw on him when they first signed him. So, well, I guess we'll have to see how it plays out and if he can, if he can uh, continue this, but... Both guys are really, really solid options at this point. Yeah, I think that's my favorite part about it is it seems like whoever doesn't win the starting, the fifth starter job is going to end up serving a pretty big role on this team in some capacity in the bullpen, whether it's like a sixth starter or like that swing man that Chatwood was last year eating up, you know, fourth, fifth, and sixth inning when the starter gets knocked out early, starting on a spot start here, and then closing down a game when you have to just because of, you know, the kind of stuff he has. But that's the reason I think Chatwood deserves the spot over Mills. I think Chatwood is definitely a change of pace from Quintana, who's likely to be that four. And then if you turn it around with Hendricks at the one, you go you go Chatwood, who's got, like, the power, Hendricks, who's more finesse, into Darvish, who's more power. And I kind of like that aspect of it, too. And then I think Mills can just be consistent, almost like an inning eater, wherever you put him. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't thought about. I haven't thought about the uh, the turnaround as far as you know, five, one, two, going Chatwood, Hendricks, Darvish, and that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you want to go power, finesse, power, that would be a great strategy to. That would be a great move, I think, by Ross. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely like. I would. That's. I think that's why I would prefer Chatwood, especially in the in the rotation too, because we, we already have so many finesse guys, or the Cubs already have so many finesse guys in the rotation. We really, only have Darvish as far as a power guy. So. Exactly. And Alec Mills, he doesn't really throw that hard. Yeah, I, I thought of it almost as a, a, a second Hendricks, not to say he's as good as Hendricks or anything like that, but the way he pitches, you know, heavy reliance on the off-speed stuff, more on command than on velocity. And, and at this point in their careers, that's kind of what Lester and Quintana are right now too. So you, you kind of need to, to sprinkle in some, some heaters, especially in this day and age. That's why I like Chatwood. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so it seems like we're in agreement. The Cubs really can't go wrong for whether it's Darvish or Hendricks. Seems like Chatwood is ahead for the fifth starter over Mills, but they'll both make the roster. Now I want to get into the bullpen a little bit. The Cubs roster can have 26 players. It seems like an even split, 13 pitchers, 13 batters, is going to be the plan. And we just settled the rotation to be Darvish, Hendricks, Lester, Quintana, and Chatwood. We think Mills will be in the bullpen, so that's six guys. Tell me how you think the last six to seven pitchers in the Cubs bullpen is going to lay out. Maybe start off with some locks. Uh, the locks, obviously, Kimball closing, um, Rowan Wick, Kyle Ryan, Jeremy Jeffress, and then, as you said, the other guy, um, Mills, or Chatwood, but we think it's going to be Mills, so, um, and I would also put a lock as Casey Sadler, I think after they made the trade with the Dodgers, and I, I, I like some of the stuff that he has. I think he's going to be on the roster. Um, and other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really see another lock. I, I know Dwayne Underwood Jr., he's he's out of options. So that's kind of, he, he probably will make the roster. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's got the stuff. He just, he hasn't really looked that good this spring. I also haven't seen him outside of what he's done in the game. So, I don't know, like, they might be looking at the stuff more than the results, and if that's the case, then, you know, it's well warranted, then, that he makes the roster, the open your roster, but I don't think they want to just let him walk, so I believe that he'll probably, that he could be on the open your roster, and I'm trying to go back to my count here. And Brad Wick, if he's going to start on the injured list, then that's going to open up another spot, so one, two. Three, I, I think we got room for one more, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so we got, yeah if, you got, if you have Underwood in there, we have room for one more. Um, I don't know. That, that is such a toss-up. I really, I'm trying to look and see who they already optioned, because they optioned a couple guys yesterday. Yeah, I think the choice, I'm looking at the MLB depth chart that they have right now. It looks like the choice for that last spot is going to be between Jarrell Cotton, Ryan Tapera, um, Meagle or Mego, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Winkler, and then who I think will get it, Dylan Maples. Yeah, oh, and then uh, Rex Brothers, too. Oh, right, Rex Brothers is another option. Yeah, I, well, with Brad Wick, see, this is the thing. I would love to see Dylan Maples make it. Um, he, but I, he does have options, correct? I think he... I think he only has one left. He has one left? Ooh. They might decide to use it, because I think with Brad Wick, with him starting on the IL, you're really going to need another lefty. Yeah, and that's a good point. You don't want to start with Maples up on the roster and have to immediately option him when Wick comes back, Brad Wick. So maybe right. maybe start Maples in AAA and really hang on to that option. So then is your lefty option then Rex Brothers? I kind of am leaning that way. 
I think it could be Rex Brothers. Um, I don't know. These, these other guys are so interesting. With McGill, Tapera, or Winkler. Yeah, they've, they've invested a lot in Winkler in the pitch lab. I've read various articles about him um, working on some stuff in there. And, you know, he's a potential option. Again, we don't know what the decision is going to be on Underwood, but we think since he's out of options, he'll make the team. So then and even Cotton could be an interesting option because they really like his stuff too. Yeah. Um, Cotton... I, I kind of see him as starting out in AAA, though, just because I, I know he's got good stuff, but I don't see it. I don't really see much of a use for him right now, being that he can, I don't know. I, I don't see him as more, uh, really a bullpen guy. I mean, obviously, he, he will be used as a bullpen guy if, he's, if he makes this roster, but I kind of... Honestly, I'm leaving Lex, Rex Brothers right now. Yeah, I, I really, kind of like but, that, too. I think that he, and he's pitched pretty well this spring, too. Which I know, it's all, it's, I mean, anytime we say that, it's just spring training. So it's, it's hard to kind of gauge things that way. But Ryan Tapera is another, he's interesting, but, you know, he's a righty. I don't know if he has options or not. And then that's the whole, that's the hard part behind this too. I don't have that pulled up, but um, my memory's not really working right right now. <laughs> so, um, I think Rex Brothers though is kind of the guy that I'm looking at. I mean, he actually has some decent strikeout stuff too. Yeah, he does. I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of like that. I, I, I feel like he would make a lot of sense and um, mixing that together. So that would be 13 right there then, right? Yeah, that, that's the 13th. So I like that pick too. Let's stick with brothers and we'll transition really quickly into the the batters, the hitters that the Cubs are going to decide between um, picturing 13 pitchers. That'll mean 13 hitters that they choose. Uh, you got to think, obviously, Contreras and Caratini are both locks. Um, Rizzo at first base will be a lock, Baez at short, and Bryant at third, as well as Schwarber in left, Hayward in right. Um, and then you got to think both Happ and Elmora will make the team as well. So that's nine guys already locked. So f- with the four remaining spots, the Cubs will pick between Nico Horner, David Bodie, Jason Kipnis, Daniel Descalso, Steven Souza, and a guy that we both like, Ian Miller. So we're going to have to pick four out of those six. Yeah, I don't like doing this. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what they're going to have to decide. I I hate the idea that Daniel Descalzo's a lock, but it sounds like he's a lock because he's guaranteed with the contract and... I, so I feel like he's going to be there, and we'll just knock that pin down. He's he's on the team to I, start. And I think Bodie is in that same boat. Um, <laughs> even though if I was looking at those six guys, I would probably want to take off Descalzo and Bodie before anybody else. Yeah, Descalzo for sure. He would be the number one guy for me that I would just 
you eliminate right off the bat. Bodie, he's interesting because he can move around a little bit on the infield too. So he can, he's not just a second baseman. I mean, I'm not saying they're all, they all are, but like Kip, if you have Kipnis there, he's pretty much just a second baseman. Yeah. yeah I don't really look mm-hmm. at him as covering shortstop or anything. Bodie, he's not great at shortstop, but he can, he can play there. Um, same thing with third base. He's actually pretty decent at third base. Um, covering Brian, you know, then he can slot Brian over to first to cover Anthony or, you know, whatever you wanted to do that way. But it gives you a little bit more flexibility and he's that right-handed bat, but for the lefties. Um, but then you got Horner who, out of all of them, I mean, that's the, that's the guy that I really want to see. Um, well, we, like you said, we, we love Ian Miller, but we're talking about for the infield. That's the guy that I would love to have on the opening day roster, but I don't think he's, he might not be ready. I think they called him up a little bit prematurely last year. But they had to. Yeah, it was out of necessity. Yep, with the injuries and all that and the lack of production. And they're still fighting for, you know, they're still trying to win last year. So, um, but the clock got started on him. So that's kind of the, the hard part about it. I mean, you're sending him down to kind of continue his development. And he started the spring kind of slow, but he seems, seems like he's been picking it back up a little bit. But he's definitely, I think he's definitely still needs to be groomed a little bit more. Yeah. He, um, but So I would love to see him come up at some point, which I'm sure he will if he just, you know, stays hot at AAA or... Yeah, and it, it almost seems like they're they're kind of making their bed to send Horner down to AAA when they are making decisions to keep David Bodie, Daniel Descalso, Jason Kipnis, all guys who play his position. So for the for the sake of this, we'll say Horner starts in AAA, and then that'll mean Bodie and Kipnis are both locks. So then the remaining spot will likely be for a fifth outfielder, and the choice will be between Steven Souza Jr. and Ian Miller. Yeah, that's the that's the tough one because Souza didn't play last year because of the injuries, because of the injury. Um, but he's a veteran guy that, and I think they want him there to hit lefties. You know, so he's kind of going to be used in that platoon type of role. And Schwarber really struggled hitting lefties last year, and so did Hayward. And Hayward too, yeah. And I mean, so that would give you a nice presence off the bench and to be able to spell those guys. And when it comes down to Schwarber and Hayward, are going to have to improve it, and especially Schwarber. We kind of we know what Hayward is at this point. Schwarber, I think he can hit lefties. Yeah, if we can see how he played in that second half for a full season, Cubs are golden. Oh, he was terrific in the second half. Yeah, he really took off. I mean, I think he hit like 280 with 20 bombs in the second half of the season, which he still ended up, you know, hitting over 35 homers, I believe, to finish the year. So, I mean, the power is definitely there, but he's got he's to hit for more average. He's strong on base guy, but you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing him take the next step hopefully this season, and Ian Happ, I think he's going to have a huge season. I do too. But, but um, anyways, back to the battle. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with Susan Miller, 
Miller is so inter- interesting to me. And I could see him starting in the minors because of, you know, Sousa, they give it to the veteran. They give it to the guy that's that has proven it at the big league level. You know, not last year, but he's he's done it. And he does give you that platoon option. But Ian Miller, just, he gives us just another dynamic to this team. He's got the wheels. That's something the Cubs definitely do not have. They stole 45 bags last season, which was the, the second worst rate in the majors. And yeah. the leading guy of the steals was Baez with, I believe, 11 bags that he swiped. So, I mean, Ian Miller is, and he, he's actually been hitting the, the crap out of the ball this spring. You know, he's hitting rockets all over the place, and, and he's bunting for hits, and he gets on base and he just goes. So, I think at some point, he's going to be brought up. I mean, it's really, he still has a chance to make this, this opening the roster. It is between him and Souza, but I think they'll play it where Souza makes the opening day roster and then Ian Miller will come up at some point because you know they're going to deal with some kind of injury at, at some point or you know maybe they even go with 12 pitchers at some point and they, they call up Miller to be you know the 14th, 14th uh, position player. Yeah, so, I, I agree. I think Miller will likely start in AAA like Horner, but... I would almost put money on the fact that both of those guys end up coming up later in the season and making a valuable impact to the 2020 Cubs. Um, And so there you have it, our kind of roster predictions, mine and Joey. But Joey, before I let you go, what's your prediction for the Cubs in general this season, assuming they do eventually end up playing? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's the big thing. Uh, We don't even know if it's going to be like a shortened season or if it's going to be a a um, a full 162 game season. That's going to be the that's going to be the interesting part. Um, but honestly, I I know I'm being a homer right now. I'm being a meatball. I think they're winning this division, and it's got more to do with the fact that the division isn't. Um, it's not like they can't do it. They, they're still the core together. You know, I mean, I know the bullpen, we, we still have major questions about this bullpen. And, you know, and are those guys kind of like flash in the pan type guys? Or is Rowan Wick and Kyle Ryan, are those guys going to be the real deal again this year? And will Kimbrell be Kimbrell? Or will he be last year's version of Kimbrell? But, you know, I, I think the Reds, they're, they put a lot of pieces together this offseason, and they're going to be that much better. But the Cardinals, they lost to Zuna. Their starting pitching's kind of questionable outside of Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, the Brewers, I think they took a step back, losing Rondal and, and Moustakas. And I think the Reds are just kind of, I don't know if they're ready yet. I mean, they have they have the pieces, but you put all these guys together at once, you know, it, sometimes it takes a season to kind of gel and then, you know, with some of these young guys, they're going to need some time to to kind of get acclimated to the MLB level. And I I think the Cubs can win the division. I, I have them predicted at 91 and 71, which might be a little bit rich. But I I just think they can still do this with the corner with the with the core that they have, and and if we get a dominating performance or you know like a, a number one 
performance out of Darvish this season. Lester bounces back a little bit. Ian Happ emerges. I mean, I know these are a lot of ifs, but they're things that are looking like they can definitely happen. And Kimbrel didn't have a, a spring training last season. So, you know, he's getting kind of the rust out of the way now. I know he hasn't been all that terrific in the spring either, but um, I just really think, I think this team's winning the division, and Ross is kind of, he's, he's lighting the spark underneath these guys right now. They're, they're excited. They're, it's kind of like, it, it's a breath of fresh air, and it's rejuvenating some of these guys a little bit. Yeah, Joey, I got to agree with you. I uh, don't mean to be a homer, but this is the Cubs Corner Podcast after all. I'm also going to take the Cubs to win the division. Um, If they do end up playing a full 162-game slate, I have them finishing right around 90 wins, and I think that'll be enough in a very competitive NL Central. But I think the Reds definitely took a step forward, but not enough to pass the Cubs. Then I think both the Cardinals and Brewers are going to take a step back and all four teams will beat up on the Pirates this year. So there you have it. Both me and Joey think the Cubs are going to win the division. So with that, thanks for coming on the show, Joey, and thanks for the predictions. Love them. Yeah, thanks, man. Definitely. I'm glad we're, glad we're both in agreement about this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm hoping to, uh, to talk some, some postseason baseball if they ever get the season underway and get it finished, that is, but... <laughs> yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Hope we see some baseball soon, but that will put a wrap on this edition of the Cubs Corner Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and thanks to Joy for coming on the show. As always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill and can be found on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and the Cubs HQ website. But for now, thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.